right, everybody. Hello and welcome to another episode of Barbie Does Dating. I am your host, Barbie Berg. We are here with Steve Solberg. Hi. Hi. We're going to mix it up a little bit. Cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't usually get introduced first. No. I was all relaxed. <laughs> you used to. Oh, really? When we, we, first season. I don't... It Steve wasn't was intentional first. that <laughs> I switched to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And our producer, Nick Galetti. Hello. Hello. And we have a guest. We do. We've decided you're going to introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, my name is Elena Aburto. Um, I've never been wrong about anything in my life. <laughs> except for every single guy I've ever had a crush on. <laughs> so. Tell me about it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, tell me your last name again. Say it again. It's so pretty. Aburto. And how would someone like me say it? Aburto? Aburto. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> I just, I try and it just sounds so bad. Oh, you just sound so beautiful when you say it. We're excited to have a guest and she has been listening to our podcast for Forever. a long time. Yes, I'm such a fan. I'm so honored to be here. Today. Oh, yeah. we're so excited. Mix, like, I think she's excited. I'm like, please tell her to lower her expectations. It's, I was telling him I just got back. I mean, I just got back when? Wednesday? So I've been home for almost a week, but I got sick. And so I have just been down and out this whole week and so i still have kind of a smoker's cough going on right now so i apologize in advance it's really attractive yeah so tell us first she's on a podcast mm-hmm. she has her own podcast you do i do i didn't know that what is it yeah so i host it with my mom reina Burta, who if you don't know she used to be on the relief society general presidency so she's like kind of a big deal yeah um, kind of though. Kind of. She puts this in air quotes. I fan I fangirl over your mom. Like oh, really? I love her. Like I love her. <laughs> I mean, so do I. Yeah, I mean, you know. That's good. Well, what's the name of the show? It's called Consecrating Your Life. Um, and we talk about a lot of random stuff. Um, like more recently we talked about uh what the scriptures say about abuse. We even did an episode about the dogs that we've had because my dog just passed away last month. And oh, I'm yes, so yeah. big dog sorry. Yeah, big yeah. dog person. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, we will feel you there. But yeah, we just, it's a good time. Um, sometimes my friends come on too. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. We talk about the Savior and just how he can affect every aspect of our lives. So served a mission in Modesto, California. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. The, most people, where's Modesto? It's in the middle, uh, isn't it? It's in it? the yes. middle. <laughs> I'm so surprised you know, because I didn't even know when I got the call. I um, think I've been to Modesto. That's why I'm like, you? isn't it closer to Sacramento? No. It's like in between Sacramento and Fresno. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So middle. Middle. See, I wasn't wrong. <laughs> Is it farms? Yeah, it's mostly like agricultural there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all the fruits are really good. Missed those. Yeah. yeah. So, like, did you serve in like Clovis and stuff, or do you know where Clovis no, is? I don't Clovis know is right further, outside of Fresno. Yeah, it's oh, further okay. south. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I was born near there. You were? Yeah. Near Clovis? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't born, realize where the heck that. Was I born Sanger. I was born in Sanger. <laughs> Why are you asking us? <laughs> you guys know, right? <laughs> I was there. So yeah. I should remember. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, Anyway, so she's here to talk to us about a very, uh, I would say, probably more universal subject than uh, most people realize, anxiety and dating. Yes. Why did, we kind of turned it over to you to kind of pick the topic a little bit, and that's what you chose. Why is that your thing? Um, Because it's the story of my life. I mean, Mm -hmm. so I just, I've suffered with social anxiety my entire life. 
Um, and I didn't know it until I was an adult, though. Um, but basically, if you don't know what that means, it just means that I am so, like, terrified of what other people think of me. Mm-hmm. And it makes it really hard when I'm dating because I put so much value in what men think of me, which in turn, since I'm still single and nobody wants me, like, um, it's just, I mean, that's not true. Okay, I love that that's hurt your right. head, but it wasn't, I haven't met the right person. It's no one wants me. I am a disgusting creature. Yeah, yeah exactly. maybe a manifestation of what she just talked about. Exactly. Yeah, so it's just, it's very depressing to have mm-hmm. to date and to just not have found the right person yet. So yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about it because it's just it is very difficult for me. <laughs> have you dated someone else with social anxiety? Oh yeah, I have actually. Was that like a good thing that you guys both had <laughs> something to share, or I guess did that um, make it even more difficult? I feel like it, it, in some ways it was good because he did understand and he had empathy, but he also, I mean, ironically, was like the one who treated me the worst. Oh. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, everyone's What's his name? interesting. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? I can hit him with my van. You just let me know. What do I need to do? Yeah, no. Did he just not know how to, uh, not to talk about that guy too much, but maybe he didn't know how to treat yeah, I don't because know. of his anxiety I, as well? Or I don't oh, know. Oh, man. I feel like you might have to cut this out, but I, I realized, <laughs> I realized yeah. afterwards that he kind of had like some sociopathic tendencies. I think mm-hmm. that's what the actual problem was. Oh. So. Yeah, it's not mm. necessarily the lack of empathy or anything. Yeah. So yeah. How, how else does it manifest in dating? Um, okay, hold on. I've got to look at my notes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. She's no. so organized. <laughs> I just show up and I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's talk about it. And she's got like organization and notes. A folder that has stretchy things on it, I think. <laughs> what? Stretchy things? Oh, maybe that? not. Oh, yeah, no, no. It's just the folder. It's, it's just a ring binder thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I thought it was the one that had the elastic on it. I know what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> It is so hard for me to get over people. Like, it takes Mm. a long time. But you have to understand, like, my anxiety is a disease, and that's kind of part of why it is so hard for me to just quickly get over somebody if they don't treat me right or if it just wasn't a good fit. So a lot of times, like, I I, I don't love when people tell me, like, just get over it because I'm just (laughs) like, no, it's really not that simple. Like, I literally, sometimes I need to go to therapy about it Mm -hmm. and, like, learn how to change my way of thinking to be more positive and things like that. And I can't do that by myself. And so it's just really helpful for me to to see it as a, a more positive way. Like, I, I know I already failed at that by saying, <laughs> like, I still want me. But no, the reality is, like, I just I just haven't found the right person yet. And I wouldn't be happy if I was married right now. Because I the guys that I've dated, it just, it didn't work out. And mm-hmm. it's good that it didn't happen. So it is a good thing that I'm still single. Well, as Barbie said before we recorded, you have nice hair. <laughs> you do. So you have You're very you. attractive. You're quite a lovely person. <laughs> Thank you. Just letting letting our listeners know she is very attractive. Mm-hmm. If you and would like more information. Available. And apparently available. <laughs> well, hello. You know, we'll send some cuties your way or something. Yes, That's, fine. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. No, I get it because I get really anxious in dating. I used to be a lot more so before I started like really going into therapy and stuff. It was about 10 years ago. I was dating this guy and I really thought it was going to go somewhere. And then he just was like, he just kind of disappeared. And I was having a mental breakdown, just like, what is happening? So I called my therapist back in Colorado and I was like, what happens if I never, like, if he doesn't want me and he doesn't want to be with me? And she's like, okay, so what happens? So, and at the time it wasn't super helpful because I was going down a panic attack rabbit hole. 
but looking back on it, I'm like, no, that's true. Like, so? Okay. Because, and we've talked about it before. I have dated some special losers in my past. Mm -hmm. And I am very thankful that I did not marry them, but they always broke up with me. Mm -hmm. I was always trying to make it work. And I remember Lauren finally telling me, she's like, even just because they're drug addicts and idiots and losers doesn't mean they can't realize that you're not a good fit. And they know you're not a good fit. Where I was bypassing all of this, just like, but I just want to be with somebody so bad. And I'll just date this loser over here. And even they're like, I don't want you. So you can look at it as loser man doesn't want me or loser man realized that we're not a good fit no matter what. And they were actually Mm -hmm. doing me a very big favor. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Yeah. I'm anxious gal. I'm also highly medicated. So it's great. (laughs) No, yeah. I am totally the same way. I'm not the one who ever breaks up with the guy, even Mm -hmm. if I know it doesn't work. Um, Because I'm such a people pleaser. And so I will try to adjust to the guy, Mm -hmm. which is the wrong thing to do, frankly. But also, like what you just said reminded me. So I was rejected by a guy once in such an insensitive way. But he made me feel like I was the problem, though. Mm -hmm. And it was very hard for me because as much as I talked to so many friends about it, they all told me the same thing, that, like, he was the one in the wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. But I I just could not, like, let go of the anxiety that it was giving me because I still had to see him um, every once in a while. And so I went to therapy about it. And my therapist gave me some really good advice because he was like – He compared it to like going to a job interview. So when you go to a job interview, even though you're the one asking for a job, you're still evaluating whether that job is a good fit for you, right? Right. So he was like, okay, even though you're the one who asked this guy out, you, like the way that he responded to you and so insensitively, that told you everything that you need to know about him. And so you can can say, I'm going to reject him, even though he rejected me, like, so he, I kind of like changed the story in my head. And by doing that, that actually helped me immensely. Because, yeah, I mean, if I was with this person, it would be a disaster. If I was with somebody that was that insensitive, like that would just increase my anxiety by a lot. So it's a really good thing that it didn't actually work out there. Mm-hmm. So does anxiety kind of start at the very beginning, like on an app <laughs> or, you know, asking for the date? Or how, where does anxiety start for you? I mean... <sighs> It's like your constant companion yeah. through the yeah, process. Yeah, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> really? I can't we, imagine it starting or stopping. I think it's, it's a just weird, always no, there. Like, after, I, I, I guess I'm thinking like there's performance anxiety, right? If you're on stage and you're going to be performing a song or something, at some point mm. it kind of backs off, right? It, 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 it's not as present because you're in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that's more where I was asking was, is this something that if you found yourself in a relationship, would that anxiety kind of back off a little or would it just kind of just stay the same? Oh, for me, it's like always there. Mm -hmm. Um, Like even, okay, not to go back to this toxic guy, but like, (laughs) do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, honestly, because of him, like even if a guy were to kiss me, I would not be convinced that he likes me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was still having anxiety about that. Like I literally, I think like if I'm sitting across from him at the altar in the temple, I think... (laughs) That would be the point where I'm like, oh, he does like me. <laughs> like, wow. I just feel like I would have so much anxiety. But um, weirdly so enough, anxiety though, sounds like doubt. Yes, okay. it is. But also, okay, weirdly enough, my anxiety also makes it a little easier for me to ask guys out because a lot of the times I'm so anxious about, like, I just want to know whether he likes me or not. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know very many women who, at least not women my age, that are like willing to do that. But for me, I'm just like, I got to know. I got to know if he likes me. So I, <laughs> I will ask guys out because of that. So mm-hmm. it, in some ways, it actually is a good thing, I guess. Okay. So yeah. that's the, uh, the upside of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it and it's weird. I don't know if this is okay to... It is weirdly more than doubt. I've I've only I haven't experienced anxiety my whole life, but mm-hmm. I've gone through episodes where I've had it. And it's a very weird, at least for how it's manifested, and I think what you're describing seems like it's similar where your heart rate, your yeah. blood pressure, your mind, every aspect of a moment is almost as if your skin like you poured sand in between your layers of your skin and it just is causing this irritation that for some reason is making you hyper aware of everything and you're just like worried mm-hmm. and and nothing's going to work out and and uh ah it's is the worry because you can't control the irritation well, and that's that's what's so that's why the word I think anxiety is becoming so prevalent in our culture too, is that giving words like worry and doubt are still uh, minimizing. Lacking. Oh, um, okay. yeah, because it is m- more. But but I'm not sure. W- dating seems to be a particular trigger. Mm-hmm. I know I went through a, a pretty big bout of it one time, and and Bar- Barbie's been there, and she's mm-hmm. seen me when I've like been like this yeah so some of it is definitely dating related because there is that comfort in oh i'm gonna have whatever i've been trying to have work out for a long time i mean there's so especially within church culture there's so much pressure to be in a relationship and going Mm -hmm. forward and as a family unit because that's what we're meant to do you know Mm -hmm. and then when you're not when it's close and then it gets taken away or at least when maybe you had fabricated it in your mind and then it, that's taken away. It is like losing somebody you love to death, only they're still alive and they're like, I choose not you. And it just feels like mm-hmm. in your mind there would be, it's almost like, gosh, death would be easier. Mm-hmm. It sounds awful, but I mean, not death, like not. I'm not talking suicide, but if... I had died if they had died or, or whatever. I mean, I know some people, of course, do have that other suicidal dark thought, mm-hmm. um, which is something to address as well. But, yeah, it's it's rough. Mm-hmm. And when you're going through that and you think about it, and, yeah, therapy and things like that seem to be... Are you cognizant that it's happening? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that doesn't change your ability to manage it? No. No, Not really. I mean it is good that well, you I don't can know. acknowledge I... it, but okay. yeah, I mean, uh, like for me, I guess I I recognize a lot of the times when I'm talking to my friends, I I tell them like I realize I probably sound like a crazy person right now, mm-hmm. but uh, like thankfully they don't judge me for it. But yeah, it is helpful to know that it's that it is all in my head, and that I need to focus more on like the facts of like what is actually happening. Um, so that I don't know that helps me, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. It is weird that knowing doesn't necessarily <laughs> fix it. Yeah. It's still definitely there yeah. when someone goes. Well, I didn't say fix it, but no, it just but helps you manage the, the no. situation any differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know why the analogy that just came to my head. Okay. Do you remember back in grade school? 
it's like a piece of like rubbery plastic that's filled with water and it's like a tube and you grab it and it like slides and slides and slides. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's all I can think of is like, imagine that's covered in oil and you're trying to grab it and you're like trying to grab it and grab it and grab it. And like, you can physically touch it and you see that it's there, but you're not getting a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's my anxiety. It's right there. Oh, nope, 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 nope. So it's elusive. It actually might be making things worse because the fact that you're recognizing instead of just not trying to grab it at all, mm-hmm. you keep trying to grab it and the keep trying is part of the anxiety is that you are trying to control something you can't yeah and i also and i don't know if you feel this way there's also a lot of pressure's not right the right word but people that don't have anxiety very much are just like well just get a hold of it mm-hmm. like what's wrong mm-hmm. with you just grab it grab it it's fine why can't you do this and so there's a lot of internalness of okay well i just got to grab it then why can't i grab it everybody else can grab it and then mm-hmm. you're just trying and you're trying and then it's just making it worse that's just me mm-hmm. but have you ever been on a date and it subsided oh i mean yeah actually um when i go on dates like i feel fine it's like mostly like afterwards that i oh okay because i'm just like wondering like is he gonna ask me out again like how do mm-hmm. you feel about it like, I don't know. In the moment, I feel fine. Really? Yeah. So is that the same way for you, Steve? Yeah. 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 And you'll even have moments where you think, this is nice. Because mm-hmm. you're feeling relaxed. Mm-hmm. You're feeling like... And then you can start to have anxiety on the date because you go, this won't last. Yeah. And you're like, mm-hmm. once they leave, and you're like, oh, just stop thinking about it. Enjoy the moment. And then... uh and then you have some of the anxiety show up again when you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I mean, everybody has different ways to cope. But, uh, yeah, being on the date was fine. Exercising, actually, very much helped me focus. And I don't know if it's because your mind is busy enough that you could get on other things. I mean, I even found that, I don't know that this is anxiety as much as maybe just my inability to focus, but... Like if I were to say prayers at night, uh, oftentimes I find myself going and wandering down another path and then being like, oh, I forgot what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so I started going on walks at night before because otherwise I wasn't able to focus Mm -hmm. and like stay in that lane. And I don't know if those are related, if that's anxiety and distractibility. Maybe a little bit. Hmm. I mean, it's honestly probably both. Well, when you were saying, like, does it go away? Another well, subside. Yeah. Or subside. But like, is it always there kind of situation? Yeah. Another analogy I thought of was I was like, <laughs> it's like a shadow. It's always there. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's brighter. Sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. But it's always there. It's not going away. Your shadow's not just going to disappear. And that's the way I kind of look at it is sometimes it's just a lot better. And like, oh, you can barely even see it. Sometimes you can't see it at all. But it's always there. Mm-hmm. So, Do you, you see, to me, that's an interesting analogy mm-hmm. for me because I, I'm pretty sure I know I always have a shadow. Mm-hmm. I never look for it because why would I need to look for it? I don't even know that it's we're looking mm. for it. It's that we're very hyper aware of it. But but that's my point. Yeah. I, I, I clearly I'm not in the camp of someone that has had this type mm-hmm. of anxiety. Well, okay, yeah, S- I have so, a friend who's like you. Who's <laughs> like he does not stress ever. Oh, I stress. Well, okay. Don't but, like, worry. Yeah, At least not about this. <laughs> I have much I to stress about. Um, no, I guess 
again, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to wrap my head around and have a better understanding. Mm-hmm. And so analogies do help. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is why in this case, you, if you're making the shadow analogy, again, what, what value do I have in seeing my shadow? I don't think about it. It's just there whether I, I can't do anything about it. It's just there. Mm-hmm. I never look for it. I don't care if my shadow looks fat. I don't care if <laughs> anything like that. So in my brain, the analogy feels a little bit like, are you guys feeling like this compulsion to look at your shadow? And I don't think that's what I mean by the entire analogy. It's not that we're looking for it. I'm saying that it's always attached to you. Mm-hmm. That okay. it's just always there. Okay. So when people are like, oh, is your anxiety gone? No, it's never going to be gone. But on a scale of one to 10, sometimes it's at a two. Sometimes it's at a one. Okay. But it is always there. And honestly, it will always be there for me. Like yeah. medically diagnosed anxiety is never going away, ever. So is is the anxiety, does it always manifest with negative thoughts? Mine definitely. Not, I mean, that's just kind of a big part of my brain anyways. But that's also a big part of my <laughs> okay. ADHD is. Okay. Yeah. The imposter syndrome is very, very real. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What like, about you, Steve? Is, is, is it always a negative thought? I mean, I don't think you're not afraid of good things. Yeah, it it tends not to be positive. Oh, I mean, Hmm? you still can be afraid of good things. Good things, things, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. I don't know. Do you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, even just me getting a new job that's really good can freak me out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because what? Is there a thought to that that goes beyond that? Or is it just a Um, feeling that you're Because I have imposter syndrome and I just feel like I don't deserve to be there. I'm not good enough to be there. And I mean, same thing with guys. Like, I'm just like, even when I do meet a really nice guy, I'm just like, why is he into me? Like, Mm -hmm. what? I don't deserve this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what's interesting is I've realized in the last month that I'm like, oh, wow, a lot of my anxiety and a lot of things that I've dealt with in dating are all very much hand in hand with my self-worth. And I always thought I had good self-worth and then realizing I don't. Mm -hmm. It's very much kind of a mask in a way that I'm like, okay, this is where that's all coming from. That it's like, oh, yeah, I know I'm awesome. I know I'm this. But in the back of my head, it's like, you're not. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? What are you even talking about? Like, Mm. I I mean, I don't know if you have the same thing as me. Like, I can literally have friends come up and give me a hug and be like, it's so good to see you. And in the back of my head, it's going, they don't care that you're here. They don't actually yeah. like you. They yeah. don't want to be hugging you. They really. They feel sorry for you. And it is constant. Mm-hmm. This is a tape that does not pause or turn off. <laughs> <laughs> it is all the time. Oh, it's boy. exhausting. It is so it's exhausting. exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Are there things that quiet that voice? I, I think that self-worth thing that you touched on mm-hmm. there is huge. Yeah? Yeah, realizing that... And we've talked about this a lot, mm-hmm. Barbie and I, and I don't, I maybe have mentioned this on the podcast, but yeah, having that knowledge that your self worth, there's nothing that you're going to do that's going to make you worth more or less. Mm-hmm. That's my belief, at least, that your self worth is infinite and that nothing you can do can make it more or less of that. Um, okay. And I think having that sort of, recognition and realizing also that everyone has that it's actually a very positive thing that seems to be able to help dispel some of this anxiety that that uh i think a lot of us go through honestly i think everybody goes through Mm -hmm. um 
it's a spiritual thing for me for sure that it's like that's a church taught principle the mm -hmm. i am a child of god that you're you're precious and that you mm -hmm. have worth and that it's always there just because of you um and knowing that everyone has that relationship with divine everyone as a son or daughter of god has this infinite worth i think it's silly because it's like yeah we all sing that primary song and we all know those things and stuff like that even saying it right now it's like oh there we fixed it it's it's for some reason <laughs> <laughs> it's not done you know it's one of those lessons you have to like constantly remind yourself of yeah that. and i think also have like this deep assurance of because sometimes you can say those things but not really feel them and believe them and i think that makes all the difference too when you go yeah that's true that's correct i f i feel that i know that mm -hmm. that changes it mm -hmm. so i had this analogy steve and i were talking about this the other day i enjoy cooking steve's mm. obviously a comedian he's doing well with it at some point there is you you should come to the decision I may not be the best in the world at this, but I'm good at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And enough experience either making food for people or performing for people, at some point, you know that people enjoy what you are producing. And you can sit back and go, I can see that, I can accept it. Mm -hmm. But if I've got a group of 60 people that I'm barbecuing briskets for or whatever, there's still a part of me that goes, oh, I hope this one tastes good. I, mm -hmm. You know, there's there's kind of a, I, I'm going to use the word anxiety because I don't know what else to call it. There's kind of, it almost feels like a hope, but it's mm -hmm. a worry, a worried hope that it tastes good. And it's not enough that I can say, oh, I've made this good before. Yeah. In the moment, it feels like, no, I, I don't know if this one's going to come out. Is there anything in what I just said that's comparable to what you experience in dating? Just so I can see if I'm feeling anywhere near what you guys are feeling. Or is that a totally different thing and I need to stop talking? <laughs> For me, I mean, so yes in dating, but I'm also going to put it towards my job. I am very good at my job. Okay. Do I forget that daily? Yes. Do I go into months-long process of nobody's going to buy my dresses. Nobody likes them. I'm not good at this. And I really, and it's my main employee. She is my right-hand man. And she has learned that this is how I am, that when I first get my dresses in for my new season, I have somebody come to my house and I try them on. And I literally sit there. And in my brain, the whole time, I'm like, these are horrible. These are horrible. No one is going to buy these. Not a single person is going to buy these. These are horrible. Look how awful they look. That's sad. It's awful. It is awful. And I'm like practically in tears. And my friends are like, what is wrong? And I'm just like, nobody likes my dresses. I'm so bad at this. And then, so then we go to the photo shoot and it starts getting better because then the models come to me and they're like, the dresses are beautiful. And everybody comes to me, the dresses are beautiful. And I'm like, okay, that's helping me feel better. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I am paying you to be here. Of course, you're going to tell me my dresses are good. So it starts to alleviate. And then when we finally get to market, I'm there and I'm like, okay. Please, someone buy my dresses. And every store then comes in and is like, these are the best modest dresses on the market. These are the best dresses. We will give you all of our money. Yes, yes, yes. And so finally, by the end, I'm like, 
okay, I'm back up to like 80% knowing that I'm good at my job. But let me tell you, it is a cycle that just continually happens. And I'm sure that my main employee is just like, Barbie, stop. You're good at this. And I'm like, but I'm not. I suck at this so bad. But it's... it's so what level of evidence... Is, is your brain able to say this level of evidence would calm the anxiety? Or is it just... There's just no... For me, no I found the thing that really helps the most is outside people telling mm -hmm. me. Like, I need that validation very much so. So whether it's dating or whether it's my job or whether it's all these things. And so I'll tell you a story. This is Barbie being very vulnerable. I have gained weight. In the last year, I have gained weight. And it's been very frustrating because now that I'm 43, it doesn't seem to matter what I do. The weight's not coming off. And yes, I still drink Coke and stuff, but trust me, I've gone off Coke for a month and nothing happens. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm going to drink my Coke. So I stay sane. But it's been very, very frustrating. Do I think I'm a disgusting bridge troll? Sometimes. But for the most part, <laughs> no, I think I'm still a halfway attractive person. But as we were getting ready to go to Scotland, we were all joking. And I'm like, I'm going to get on the apps and I want to meet a cute Scottish guy. And I could not do it because the whole time I was like, nope, you're a fat American. No one is going to want to talk to you. No one. And I'm like, even though I know I have features that people enjoy, I have a nice smile, I'm blonde, I have big boobs, whatever. It's like all these things <laughs> that I know that, but I'm like, nope, fat American, you're gross. No one is going to want to talk to you. So there is a focus on the negative. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. Nonstop. Okay. So then I was thinking about now that I'm back and I'm starting to feel like, well, am I ready to kind of start dating again? Because I just kind of graduated from therapy and I'm like, feeling good. That's what she told me. I did. <laughs> Non-crazy for a few minutes, diploma. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, we should start experimenting with some dating apps for the podcast. It'd be really interesting for me to go on Tinder for two weeks and see what happens. Not and literally, one. no. But but I was like, Hinge and Bumble and stuff. It'd be sure. very interesting. Farmers only. I do enjoy Farmers Only. That's don't right. get me wrong. <laughs> but I literally have had such a block. And I'm like, because I'm like, nope, you're fat and no one is going to want to talk to you. And it's killing me. Because I'm just like, I'm nowhere near at my heaviest weight, and I still feel like I'm an attractive person, but let me tell you, I cannot get past it right now. So I'm like, okay, we've got to be working on some stuff, because I do not have a lot of high self-worth right now. Mm. So, But you are really attractive. Thank you. Please keep telling me that. She says that as she looks at me looking like a bridge no, troll right really, now. I am are. so homeless right now. <laughs> I felt that she shows up and she seriously looks so cute. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anyways, thank you. You're very sweet. <laughs> but it's, it's very all encompassing. But even like when I'm thinner, like when I was at my thinnest, I wasn't very happy because I didn't have like my sugar and caffeine that helped me with my personality being happy. I was very dull. Like I felt numb all the time. And so it's like, there's always something holding me back. Anyways, keep going. That's all I have. Keep going. Go ahead. You guys <laughs> continue with the conversation in whatever direction you would like. Well, How about what that? else do you feel like you want to share about this topic? I mean, this you said it's your life. So <laughs> what what other things are important for other people to know? Mm -hmm. um, okay. I, I guess, like, with my anxiety in general, I whenever I make a mistake, I feel so guilty about it. Like, I feel so worthless. And so it is really difficult for me when I'm dating and um, the guy just makes me feel guilty for things that I shouldn't feel guilty about. Like that's that's what's been my problem for the last couple years where I've just been attracted to guys with big egos 
and they make me feel terrible about myself. Um, so it's just, it's so detrimental. And I just have been telling myself that I need a new type. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I'm working on that currently. Um, (laughs) have you heard that? Have you heard that thing that's on TikTok that, you know, how they have these little like therapy things, like here's your moment of clarity. And it Mm -hmm. said, your type is not your type. It's your pattern. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that one? And I was like, whoa, (laughs) there you go. That's my thought. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's processing. I know it takes processing. a minute. Right. Yeah, I really have tried to like be more attracted to guys that are actually nice. Um, and I also just have tried to like put my value in what Heavenly Father thinks of me instead of what these guys think of me, mm-hmm. which is easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess for me, just what helps is like honestly just going to the temple pretty frequently because I'm able to just sit and ponder about my relationship with him. And he always lets me know how much he loves me. And so even when I feel completely unlovable, like he's always there to remind me that he cares. And he, like Barbie was saying earlier, he usually does it through other people when they tell me, when they validate me. Mm -hmm. Um, That's usually how it goes. I want to ask a question that may be off base. And so just tell me if this is stupid and we can edit it out. (laughs) So stupid. Okay, it's done. Um, Knowing what you know about having anxiety, mm-hmm. what expectations do you go into with a relationship or in a relationship with someone? What expectations do you have for them, for your partner with respect to your anxiety? Mm. Do they need to be patient with it? Do they mm. need to be good therapists with it? Do they, you know what I mean? Like yeah. at what point do you not be interested in a person because they can't manage your anxiety? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's an interesting question because usually it takes like a thousand red flags before I stop <laughs> getting interested in somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I guess I have been a little bit better about that recently, but I guess like for me, I would hope that they are at least tr- try to be understanding of it, even if they don't suffer with it themselves. Um and to just be empathetic with me and to be patient and to just understand, again, that it's like a disease and it's not something that I can just get over. And um, so I just need them to like stay grounded and help me to stay grounded. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's what I'm looking for. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, how do you navigate that space? You know what's interesting, though, and I'm very curious to see if you're like me in this, that Mm -hmm. all I want, like the thing I desire the most out of a partner is someone who loves me for exactly who I am right this second, even Mm -hmm. when I'm having a freak out. And I don't need him to fix me. And I don't want him to want to fix me. Maybe that's another problem for me is I've dated guys that want to fix me in every way. And I'm like, just like me for who I am. I'm having a hard enough time me liking myself. Like, Well, I imagine the fixing is evidence that this is something wrong with you. Where it's like, I just, what I would love is to have a guy who just holds me and is like, I love you for exactly who you are right now. And that's it. That's all I need. Mm -hmm. Just hug, hold. I don't need you to change anything. I need you to just remind me. I'm here. I love you for this. We're good. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but I've never had that. Never. Are you the same? Yeah, I am the same way. Yeah. We're actually quite simple. No. (laughs) Does it go away? Like if the guy did that. Would you feel like that would go away? Like it would, the the anxiety would kind it, of 
eases calmed? things. It definitely mm-hmm. eases things. I go away was a terrible word. Yeah, I, that's I, not the right word for it. But does it make it manageable, maybe? Yeah, that's a better mm-hmm. way of saying it. I'm going to assume it would. Again, I've never had it happen. But <laughs> in my brain, it. that's what I'm like. I'm like, I just want this. And and some of that might be a little bit men and women mm-hmm. differences. Because I... You're like, I don't want that. No. <laughs> I, I weirdly don't. And I know I should. I know I should you want should that. You should want just a hug? To be liked as a, for who mm-hmm. I am. Oh, okay. But I'm always attracted to, to women that um, tend to make me want to be better. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Oh, okay. And so, well, that's not so bad. No, it's not a bad thing, um, per se. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'll, if, if I find myself just being let's say fair about a girl I'm dating, I'm like, oh, you're not into her because you're not trying to do 8,000 things to change yourself. Mm. And mm. it's like, oh, well, do do be yourself still. But yeah, yeah. like I'll, I'll start dating a girl and suddenly it's like I'm tweaking myself. But I, I think I tend to do it in a good way. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I'm still single, so I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> but the anxiety is is that you feel that there's something that you have to do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I better change, otherwise... Otherwise, this isn't going to work, and it's another work. person that... Are you worried that she's going to lose interest if you don't, like, better yourself? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's almost always like, that's the time that I'm hitting the gym and... Mm-hmm. doing all the things and being like I'm fit you know <laughs> should we go should we go swimming because I finally worked out <laughs> please give me a reason to take my shirt off yeah. that would be great yeah. let's go work in the yard see but for me one, but let's do it. I live in fear of because I've dated guys that want me to change so I start to change and as soon as I revert back even a little bit they're like they're disappointed. They look down on me. And I'm like, I just need somebody who likes me for exactly how I am. But you feel that that's how they're saying it? Or do they say that that's no, how they I feel? No, I know. They've either said things or the way that they act. They 100% are disappointed and lose interest. So that's the curious thing to me is that it's, it sounds very difficult to navigate what's real and what your brain is just kind of making up. Yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? I mean, is that so you you it's hard to know the difference. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, I just remembered something else that I struggle with is whenever it doesn't work out with the guy, I literally, every single time, I always act like nobody's ever going to like me again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know yes. why, because like, all evidence points to the opposite of that. <laughs> but I just, I'm, I don't know. And I, I fully recognize that it's in my head, and it's just a thought, but it is so depressing to me every single time. Mm-hmm. So... Wow. Yeah. That does sound depressing. It's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Steve, we need a joke about anxiety to lift up the spirits. <laughs> Whip one up. Uh, <laughs> I know, and it's sad because all my thoughts were depressing questions. But because <laughs> 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 I don't know. I, it's funny because uh, hearing you speak, it's like I think a lot of people are going through similar feelings and having those. Yep, it's never going to work. Uh, can we normalize it? And would that make it better? Like, can we normalize that this is something that everybody's kind of felt on some level? I think to um, a degree, that's helpful to be like, oh, look at us. We all think we're not good enough. I and... mean, is it, is it okay to say to the person, you know, what? I'm having anxiety right now. So just 
take it, take what happens for the next little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if that's an answer, but are you, do you feel comfortable being able to say to the person you're with, I'm just feeling some anxiety right now. And so just know that. And just as closing, it gives them a chance to maybe respond instead of, because I would imagine that it's pretty easy for the other person to kind of have a matching freak out. Mm-hmm. Like, did I do something that caused this? Or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that that's absolutely happening, but um, I wonder if just simply being able to normalize, just saying, hey, I'm having this thought and this feeling allows the other person to respond with, oh, okay, I don't need to read into this. Mm-hmm. And they actually have the presence of mind to know that's what's happening. Like with me and Heidi lately, the thing that's helped us is when she just, when she's able to say, I'm overstimulated right now. Mm-hmm. My ADHD is firing all over. Then I can go, okay. Then I don't need to jump in and fix. Yep. I don't need, there's no fire to put out. There's none of that stuff. And I just need to give it some time. Yeah. And, and then it goes away. Do you just give I mean, space when she says that? Most of the time, that's what she wants. Mm-hmm. So, like, we've discussed it in advance that when she says, hey, this is what's going on, like, if I'm overstimulated, mm-hmm. then it tends to be, don't ask me questions, don't yes. do this, don't do this, don't do this. And in some ways, it's, if you're watching a movie, maybe watch it on your iPad with headphones or something, you know? And she doesn't say uh. that, but I think the thought is, just give me a minute. Yeah. To and maybe 10 or 20 minutes to kind of regroup. Mm -hmm. And what that does for me is I go, okay, I don't need to freak out because this is going to pass. She'll be okay. But if she didn't tell me that, then I would be like, what's going on? Why why is she feeling? Why why is she responding this way? What did I do? You know, or (laughs) whatever it could be. So that's why I'm asking is if, if in a situation where you are beginning to feel that anxiety, that simply by communicating it, the other person can then say, okay, that's just what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't mean, need to read into it. I'm a fan of like communicating and being vulnerable. Um, especially because like um if they don't understand, if they don't have anxiety, I just need them to know the disaster that's going on in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So hurricane and earthquake that's happening simultaneously. Well, but maybe that to me, the thing that made that work was we did it outside of the moment. Yes. Mm, Right. So we set that rule expectation, whatever you want to call it, that, that pattern of behavior. If this comes up, this is what I need. And it was very simple to manage that because it was all played out in the head. But if it was in the middle of it, I'd be like, no, I, I don't know if what you're saying is rational right uh-huh. now because you might be overstimulated and freaking out. And so mm-hmm. establishing that in advance, I think would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. The hard thing for me about that, though, is you guys are already in a committed, loving relationship and sure. we're able to have a conversation. For me, because the anxiety starts so soon, if I bring it up too early they're gone. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time, at least from my experience, they're like, oh, okay, I'm sorry you have to deal with that. I'm going to go find somebody who doesn't have that issue. And so- well, good luck. That's that's my thing. But that's what I'm saying is like- there's enough people that yeah. are having this, then maybe we should kind of get to normalize it a little bit. But what it is though is, if you're vulnerable too soon about certain things, pretty much 
the vast majority of people are going to be like, that is a lot really quick. And it only takes one, sometimes twice of opening up to someone and having them reject you in whatever way that you're never going to do that again. Mm. And it's going to take a while. So for us to get to that point of I'm comfortable enough to talk to you about my anxiety, let's make a game plan. I've never even gotten that far in a relationship and I can't even remember how mm. long. So, wow. So I know. Can't, can't write it out in a contract and have them sign it before the For first day. For first day? Absolutely. <laughs> Here are the things here's that make me. Here's a disclosure <laughs> statement. Here's all my baggage. Please sign that. You're you, going to tell me uh, I'm pretty. Acknowledged, <laughs> acknowledged baggage. Yeah. So that might have Not to be a, a topic for another day. Yeah, fair enough. Sure. But to be with someone who wants to be there for me. Mm. That's another thing that I'm like, that'd be rad. Mm -hmm. Haven't had it. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) Not saying that's not going to happen for you. Mm -hmm. Just saying for me. No, don't say that. I think it'll happen. You what? It'll happen. Yeah. It will. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's great. I'm not going to die alone and get cats. It's fine. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to end it there. I'm sorry we didn't like give advice on this one, but I just wanted to more talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I love that you brought up things that also made me feel less crazy. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. But I'm like, oh, it's not just me. It's not just me over here in my little anxiety bubble. No, legit. I was actually feeling anxiety about coming on here and talking to you about it because I was like, they're going to think that I am a weirdo. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I try to tell people, I'm like, mm-hmm. if you ever worried you're too weird, I'm weirder. Don't you even worry about it. But it's okay. It's true. She's pretty weird. I am. He knows me for a long time. He knows I'm super weird. Don't look in her fridge. No. <laughs> there, are th- there are shows that I know that like jokes I can only say around certain people because they're like, oh, that sense of humor is weird. And I'm like, I know. I know. All right. Well, we'll go there. Thank you for ha- coming on. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have you again. Like, oh, it would totally. be fun. <laughs> we should just come crash your podcast and oh, be like, hey, yeah. <laughs> so I can fangirl over your mom. <laughs> You're so darling. And I love you so much. <laughs> She's so fantastic. Okay. We will talk again soon. If anybody has any feedback, always let us know on our Instagram or. What do we else do we have? Facebook, all of those fun things. Or you can email us at barbiedoesdating at gmail.com. Thank you guys. We'll talk to you soon.